Shaking it up with Sheikh Fayaz. Nightly Ramadan Reflections. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Wabihi nasta'in. Wassalatu wassalamu ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala ahla baytah al-tayyibin al-tahirin. What is life about anyway? A question that for tens of thousands of years, people in different centuries and in different parts of the world have sought to answer and have sought to understand the reality of our existence. What is the ultimate purpose behind all of this? And within the whole of Quran and traditions of the Prophet and his family, peace and blessings be upon them, we get a little bit of wisdom and insight and it's up to us then to utilize the foundational wisdom and insight that we have in order to really reach a firm conclusion and understanding. Because if we take 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years of our life without pondering this question for even a moment with the real focus and diligence, perhaps we've wasted all of this time that God has given us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in chapter 67 of the whole Qur'an, the very first verse, Surah Al-Mulk, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Tabarakalladhi biyadihi al-Mulk, wahuwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. Blessed is he who has and composes in his hand all authority and all sovereignty. What we do know for a fact that this world, that this universe, that my life, that those who preceded me and those who will come after me, every single one of us are under the authority and the domain of God. And this Lord of ours has power over all things. And who is this Lord? And what did he do? God, he continues to unveil himself and perhaps give us and present toward us those wisdoms of the reason behind all of this. He states, He states that this Lord is the one who has created death and life. Question, before we get to the answer. Why does God say that he is the one who created death and then life, when often we understand our life to precede death? According to commentators of the whole Qur'an and according to our reflection on it, we see that perhaps there's nothing as real as death. Not everyone or not everything really lives in terms of the true meaning of life, which is to unveil and understand the reality of our Creator, but every single one of us die. Or perhaps in another opinion, by some commentators of the whole Qur'an, that God speaks about the creation of death and what's really, really important, and perhaps for another discussion, is that God states that He is the creator of death in the same way that He is the creator of life. is because that's one of the most important means by which God tries us or tests us. Or according to another commentator of the whole Qur'an, that God states that He is the creator of death before He's the creator of life, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to remind us again that our purpose is not to live, but to die and then to be brought back up once again. 
He is the one who has created death and he is the one who has created life. Why all of this? He continues and he states, لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ amala." The reason why is because he wants to try you. Because he wants to test you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put all of these obstacles in our way toward really being in a state of absolute enjoyment in this dunya because this world is a world of trials. And it's a world of tribulations. That according to the hadith from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi Darul dunya, darul bala, darul bala'i wa darul bana. That this world is a world of trials, a world of tribulations, and a world of building. It's when you build and when you prepare for everything that's going to happen after it. You see, the human being has been through a lot. We lived in a world before this one. And soon thereafter, we were transferred into a completely another universe known as Alam al-Arham, or the womb of our mothers. And we lived there for the months that we lived there, and we were sustained by the warmth and by the care and by the comfort of our mothers. The minute that we entered into this world, we saw colors, we saw people, we saw sounds, we, heard, we, 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 we saw sights and we heard sounds. All of that which we were not necessarily exposed to with the same degree of intensity as when we were in the womb of our mothers. That's what happens when a child is born into this world, except it starts crying uncontrollably. And every time it goes to sleep, and every time it wakes up, it cries again. Because it's not used to being in this new setting. But again, all of this is on the path toward perfection of the human being. We would have not been able to reach the heights, make the contributions change other people's lives in the same way that we have if our entire existence we remained within the womb of our mothers. There's a purpose why we were brought into this world. And a lot of times, on very difficult days, we might tell ourselves, hey, I wish I could go back to the womb of my mother. But in reality, the opportunity for us again toward reaching that height of perfection that God created us for can never be achieved if we were stuck in the womb of our mothers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, again in this verse, chapter 67, verse number 2, He states, That He has created us to try us and see which one of us has done the best deeds. Not in a way whereby Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is putting all of humanity in this massive marathon or a competition and whoever scores the best in terms of their academics or in terms of their sort of good deeds in this report card of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be admitted into paradise. No. Perhaps it's a means to motivate us for us to understand that every one of us need to strive toward doing the best of deeds, having the most strongest of beliefs and convictions that allow for us to be exposed to his knowledge. In a famous hadith al-Qudsi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states that I created the creation because I loved to be known. At the end of the day, we were a thought of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whereby he loved for us to seek on this path 
toward being exposed to his light and to his knowledge. That's something beautiful. There's a purpose and that when we go through the dips and the challenges and the obstacles and the tribulations and the deaths and the illnesses and the poverties that we might experience is an opportunity for us to know God. All of this are small stepping stones in this really large pathway that we're striving toward knowing our Creator by. This pathway known as the dunya. And according to a tradition from Jesus, alayhi salam, Prophet Isa, peace and blessings be upon him and peace and blessings be upon our Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he states that this dunya is darul mamar. It's something that you just pass by. It's going to end in a couple of years. And the next world is that which we will remain in for a really long time. And it's about making sure that we put forth the best of effort so that we're able to achieve as much as we can and prepare ourselves for what's going to come soon thereafter. And if you liken this world to a college experience, for instance, or a high school experience, our parents, our teachers, everyone always tells us, do really well in school, and you're going to get into a better college, which is going to give you a better degree, which is going to give you a better profession, which is going to give you more wealth, more success, so on and so forth. But most of us, we don't necessarily take heed to those words because we're living in the moment. But for those of us who actually do, and we isolate ourselves from all of the distractions of school and friends and social life and so on, and we focus on our academics, we're going to be successful in school, get into the best college, do the same while we're in college, focus on the things that we're trying to achieve, which is getting our degree and doing the best that we can and perfecting our skills and whatever it is that we're seeking to do in terms of a profession. And the outcome of all of that is going to be we're going to get a better job or the job that we really wanted, that we desire, that we intended. We're able to do meaningful work with all of that. But we have to go through those ups and downs and through those tests and through those difficulties and through those examinations. And we have to write those papers. And we have to do some things that might be challenging in the moment, but when you know what you're working toward, you're working toward an ultimate outcome that is hopefully going to bring you some sort of success, it brings you a little bit of ease. And you know exactly what you're working, working toward. In life, for so many people, they don't know what they're working toward. We think that we're working toward filling up our bank accounts or contributing a little bit more money into our 401ks so that our children or our grandchildren can take that money and so that they can be successful again in the way that we define success. That's not what life is about. Life, again, is about knowing that God did not create us for this world. And that's something that's not really easy for us to admit to ourselves. Again, going back to this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells us, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ amala. He is the one who created death and he is the one who created life so that he may test you and to see which one of you has the best of deeds. Again, 
This is all a path toward uncovering who we are, who God is. Knowing that we have not been created for this life, but rather we've been created for a life that runs eternal. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, at the same time, He knows that the majority of people need to be woken up sometimes. So He says, Azizul Ghafoor, and He is the Almighty. He is the one who is in a state of authority over all things, in a way that we understand the majestic nature of our Lord. So remember that at the end of the day, He is the one who sits down on the throne, and He is the one who commands every one of us to do exactly what it is that we have to do in a way to demonstrate His authority, His magnificence, His grandeur over us. And then God concludes, وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْغَفُورُ But at the same time, He is close to us. He is the all-forgiving. He is the all-merciful. His door is always open. So, during the course of these days, during the month of Ramadan, when we abstain from food and drink, when we spend long nights in worship, when we lengthen our prostrations, when we open up the verses of the whole Qur'an, when we raise our hands in a state of begging to our Creator, we remember who we are. And we isolate ourselves from all of the distractions that tell us who we should be or what we think that we should be. And in a state of prostration, in a state of raising our hands, we remember that we have nothing and that we are solely slaves and servants of God. And that through that, if we truly reflect upon that moment of pondering in the state of prostration or in the state of raising our hands in a state of supplication, and we remember that we are the slaves and the servants of God, then we can uncover what all of this is about. Then we can uncover the beginning of how to answer those questions of who I am and why I was created and where exactly I'm going. And with that, we begin to know ourselves. من عرف نفسه فقد عرف ربه And the one who knows his self knows his Lord. والحمد لله رب العالمين وصل اللهم على سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين Follow Sheikh Fayaz on Twitter and Instagram at Fayaz Jafar and look out for him on Facebook.